0: Hi everyone, this is Tony Holbein, and you're listening to the Super Revenue Brothers with Raul and Tony. In today's episode, we're talking about hybrid work in sales. Is that a scam or can it actually work? For once, Raul and I actually are on the same side, but maybe not on the one you might think. Enjoy.
1: Tony. Are you looking forward to Christmas? Are you are you a Christmas kind of guy? Are you like a New Year's Eve? How is that? You know what? Good question.
0: Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to Christmas. I had like this conversation with my wife recently. Actually, t- yesterday, actually. <laughs> and we were discussing, you know, Christmas tree and dressing it and driving back home to Potsdam actually for first of Advent because it's kind of a family kind of tradition mm-hmm. now. So, I mean, you know, some people might know of two small kids and it's kind of a nice time. Is number one. Number two... It's also from a work perspective, besides some scrambling sales reps, and I'm sorry for you guys and ladies, Christmas and New Year's is really kind of an offline kind of time. You know, a lot of people around the globe are taking off around this time and uh, no one is sending emails, slacks and stuff like that. So there's like a, it's a bit of a, you know, uh, armistice. It's kind of a (laughs) peacetime, you know, for for me to be calling nobody for that period. So I like that a lot. And this was my comment to my wife. I was like, shit, is it already Christmas? Is it already one more year gone? We haven't... And this was me reflecting as a startup CEO. We haven't gotten to this yet. This is still missing. You know, I thought we would be further with this. It's like time is running so fast, right? And you put in like week by week, you put in all the hours and, you know, push in in every direction. And you're like super conscious of time and you basically... Time is your enemy in most of the Mm -hmm. cases. And then suddenly Christmas is such a you know, time milestone that you're like reminded of, shit, it's already, you know, it's already been a year now again. So that was my emotion when we realized Christmas is coming up.
1: Uh, you get all the pressure, of course, when you build a business like that. I get it. I have to say, I really like Christmas, though. I'm a big fan, um, especially the time before. So I'm a huge sucker for Christmas markets. And yeah, um, even though I, I hate blue wine, so what is that in mulled wine? I think it's in English. England. Yeah. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible thing, like an experiment gone wrong for the, for humanity. Um, but I really just really like the vibe around it. And if it actually snows, which it never really does in Berlin, that's also a nice thing.
0: You should come to Copenhagen one you know, day or two or so. Because what they do in Copenhagen is they really dress up almost the whole city really nicely. Kind of the main streets mm. are dressed up uh, real nice. And then, you know, we are sitting here downtown. It's actually really nice. And then there's also at least two Christmas markets in like walking distance from the office. So I think you'll like it. I think, by the way, lots of Germans operating those Christmas markets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of our and, forte, right? And you always have Bratwurst and Sauerkraut and Wiener Schnitzel and you know, all of that stuff everywhere, but it's perfect.
1: Yeah, we will do a Christmas a special episode. We'll have to think about that. But today, what are we talking about today, Tony?
0: We are talking about hybrid work in sales. Is this a scam? Or is it an actual scheme that works out, right? Uh, and, but maybe you give an intro to hybrid work and sales. What do we talk about?
1: I think this relates to me at least to two parts of it, which is number one, hybrid work in general. So what do you offer your salespeople? Do they have to come to the office or on a very simple level? Do they have to travel? Like a lot of sales in the past, especially used to be really a traveling salesperson mm. in the car with briefcase with the product driving around, whatever it is, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, whatever. Mm. Or at least coming to the office, sort of sitting in a telephone booth or, or a phone den. And so that's one aspect of it. Like, how do you get the teams together? But then the other aspect of it is moving to a world where facing the customer, you're also using more channels and also more ways of connecting to the customer. And so on both sides, in a nutshell, hybrid sales, I understand as in uh, for the work mode of your company, but also for the customer facing acquisition, uh, you're utilizing just broader range um, of yeah. work modes. And very specifically, most of the time, this just means remote work and hybrid or as in like uh, internet telephony or like conferences. Yeah.
0: And really, where this is coming from, to be honest, right? It's coming from COVID. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, I can, at least this is my perspective. Leading up to COVID, there was like not a single question in my head whether or not this could work. It's like, nope, can't work. And then you had COVID there. And it's like, it kind of does work, actually. And now the jury's a little bit out. Um, but, you know, let's kind of get this out of the way right now. Where are you on the scam or scheme spectrum?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to make myself very unpopular right now, but I guess that's fine. But I'm this boomer saying it's a scam. In, in one more sentence, yeah, it sort of works, right? It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, I get you. Like, yeah, it, it, people are still doing their thing. Companies are still not all dying, but it is not the same. And it definitely doesn't work as well as I've seen it work when, when, when people are actually doing their thing, doing being at the office, yep. at least on that end.
0: So this is one of those unfortunate times where we totally agree. I wouldn't say I'm at 100% on the scheme side, um, but at least in 95. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm very, very close to the scheme side. And it's like, um, you know, we'll we'll peel the onion in, in a second. And there are a couple of overlapping reasons I'm actually starting, well, staying there, I would say. Um, but, Let's start out with the maybe the very simple one and the first one. And this doesn't matter if it's, you know, full cycle or or SDR, BDR kind of role. If you have an outbound part to your job and it involves the phone and so forth, I do believe it's for a lot of people, especially junior people, pretty important to, you know, feed off the energy that's in the room. I think that's important. I think if you, and I've, I've seen this, I was kind of the CEO during during COVID. Some of my folks were sitting in New York City, kind of, you know, an STI in New York City, you don't make much money and it's a pretty expensive city. They were sitting in their uh, shared flat with two other SDRs working for two other companies. All of them were sitting, you know, on their bed dialing from there. And I can tell you, this was not a great time for them. And I just simply believe and have seen how these teams work and how those people work when they're, you know, remote, you know, in their whether that's their own home office or if they're sitting on their bed versus they're part of a team that's grinding it out, that's, you know, motivating each other just because of them sitting there and pushing. I think there's a massive difference between those two things. And honestly, and I can say this from the perspective and the data we're seeing on the customer side, those remote SDR teams, most If not all of our customers are struggling with that idea, I think there, are like very few teams that have been able to make this work. And you know, one is I think GitLab, you know, did a good job. Might be you know a few others, but then it stops. Basically, everyone else is extremely struggling with this, by the way. But so it's much bigger than just kind of the SDR side and the motivation. But that's for me at least one topic where I'm like, I think this is really difficult, and I therefore I'm kind of you know for that one i'm leaning almost like yeah i, I think pretty close to 100% on on yeah. scam
1: and just to not be the boomers here maybe because i think there is some thought behind what my assessment of scam and by the way i'm not talking about once one day a week or one day every two weeks you do a couple calls from home like whatever who cares that's mm-hmm. that to me is not really what i call a hybrid work it's more about some flexibility, yes. like I'm, I'm all for that, right? Yep. You're working from some place for a day once a year because you're visiting people in put some care, yep. whatever. That's not what I mean, Amal. I'm talking about really most of your time spending at home, sitting there, doing your sales calls or whatever, whatever it is you're doing or your demos. And let's go away from maybe the esoterics a bit because I, while I 100% agree that the energy is maybe the most important thing, that's where a lot of people catch you and say, ah, you're that boomer guy who comes from the old smoke rooms and like the, that's sort of what you want to enforce on us and this is not how the world works nowadays, right? Well, okay, let's be a bit more concrete. There's a lot of things that you just went there already. But an office does more than just that. And, and very concrete terms, for example, the infrastructure of an office, the having a place where you can call without your kids screaming, without your uh, without your shitty acoustics in the way, without your internet breaking down, without your roommate barging in or like sort of hearing their phone call at the same time. And while everyone claims that they can make it work, it's not that easy. And I've seen it a lot of times just from working with colleagues in general, that when people are abroad, the internet quality almost always drops. When people are working from home, calls break down. Uh, I didn't catch that. Can we connect again? Let me call you on the phone. Let's shut off the picture. Like that's all friction. Now, that doesn't mean that it's impossible to do that. But we cannot ignore that these things exist. And so just, again, not esoteric, just the technical aspect of it. There's yeah. a reason that we have offices as well. So that's one thing. And the second thing for me is, uh, it maybe it may it's two points, but I understand that a lot of jobs can be done on, in the office. A lot of jobs can also not be done in the office. So we're talking again about a very privileged and small number of people here. If you work in a bakery or you scrub cars or you do all that kind of stuff, there's no remote work for you, unfortunately. But if we talk about it in sales, let's, let's talk about in sort of the digital environment, in office environment. Even here, there are some jobs that lean themselves more to that. And I think the easiest jobs to do remote are the ones that don't require as much communication internally. Unfortunately, sales is not that, right? So if you're a, a designer who gets a job to do and you work on it for two weeks and you sort of can do that on your, on your own, or if you're maybe a programmer who really does two weeks sitting down alone and, and, and sort of having one meeting once a week for a sprint thing, okay, I don't know that that's how you should work nowadays, but that's what happens. But if you're a salesperson, especially someone who's really maybe getting into a new company or maybe even getting to the job in the first place, every single bit of information, every, every, every hook, every thing a person says next to you, every way that people fail, Every learning, every frustration is going to bring you forward and make you better. Yep. You're missing out on all of that. Now, of course, you're maybe becoming a bit more productive because you're going to have less chitchat in between. Yeah, I agree with that. But the, the juice of what makes really good salespeople after a while is having had all these lives and all these experiences that they lived through. You have no chance of catching up on that.
0: And, and this is not even an opinion at this point anymore. This has actually been proven by a couple of research pieces. I don't know the sources. So if you want to kind of push me on that, I don't know. Basic kind of junior employees and their learning curve massively impacted by not being around other people, more senior people. The same research also suggests that more senior people actually, you know, sometimes might have a better time working from home, by the way. So there's kind of that balance. And then I think one really interesting bit is, and Again, right, so I'm working extremely closely with the design team and, and no, they, they can't be sitting somewhere for two weeks. Same with the development team either. Yeah. Um, and actually one really cool you know, way some people have been starting to split it is like at in the office you figure out what to do because that needs tons of collaboration. And at home you get it done, right? I think that split kind of works out. Can you do one day only focused on what to do and then the rest of the days of you know doing, doing it actually? No, I don't think so either. It's kind of there's an overlap there. But I think that kind of helped me to sift through this a little bit. But really, especially for sales, I just think it's very, very, very difficult to pull off. And in addition to that, maybe a side tangent here, there's very militant forces out there. You know, remote work's the only thing. And if you don't do it, you're going to fail as a company, yada, yada. One of the, the things that they even kind of shoot down is this flexible work that I'm a really big fan of. I have a, I have a family. I have like all kinds of shit to do. If the plumber's coming and I need to be at home, I am not gonna take a day off. I'm sorry. I'm gonna work from home, gonna take care of the plumber, the half hour that he comes in this twenty-four hour window that he gives me. Then I'm, you know, gonna jump back and and then do my work, right? And I think that flexibility is super important for everyone. Same for picking up kids. Sure, 3 p.m., go home, pick up kids. And then and this is what many folks in in this office are doing, then they're starting to work again eight, eight p.m. to ten p.m. or something like this, right? Um totally fine but hey for the for the militants that's not good enough because that still requires you to live in that expensive city it still requires you to sometimes sit in the traffic jam it still requires you you know it's it's not the freedom that they ultimately want right but i think that's just that's just you know straight up silly tangent over the point that i actually wanted to make is and this is really talking to jaco from winning by design and sam jacobs from pavilion these guys i mean they're kind of also Brain and mind melting, so they're basically saying the same things by now. But these guys are basically <laughs> saying that AI is going to make everything content super cheap, is going to make reach out super cheap, um, and at some point they're gonna be able to make phone calls as well. We have I seen one or two examples already, kind of on LinkedIn. And um, and basically what they're saying is, if you want to stand out, if you want to be different, uh, you know, what cannot be copied by AI is your you showing up in person, you know, yet at least. Right. So they are actually advocating for, hey, we should actually go. And both of them are boomers, like full on boomers, not the late stage boomer, but the early stage boomer, I would say. <laughs> um, And so they basically say, hey, we need to go back to traveling salesman. You know, we need to go back. If you have a sales job, you never see a family. I mean, and that's kind of stuff where I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to do that either. Right. But to a degree, it's, hybrid, if you will, but hybrid with a client, kind of, you yeah. know, sitting with a client, talking to the client and then spending time with them, which almost translates also into, again, a bit of more of a, you know, remote setup, I guess, or not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're mixing up themes here now, but I think it's an, it's another thing that's starting to happen.
1: Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know, by the way, if we qualify as boomers, I think the two of us don't. No. Um, Maybe, but we have a boomer opinion maybe on that one, so that, that's fine. For sort of the the old teenager who has like the old grandpa opinions. But no, actually, I think,
0: I think uh, so. You and I are millennials, and I think a lot of millennials are by now grown ups, and they're not like Gen X, Gen Y, whatever the fuck, and they realize that some of that stuff is just not a good idea. I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's, and I yeah. think it's fair. I think it's fair. But here's where I would like to to make it to make it more nuanced because the, the example you gave before, so. Just this week, I mean, I'm a little bit, no, actually, I'm actually very lucky because I live very, very close to the office. So, like, within four or five minutes walking distance. Mm. So, what I can do, and sometimes I do it, is I have a lot of communication I need to do. Like I have a, Obviously, I have a team of 20 people. We sit all close together. Like, all the time, there is something dragging my attention, and which is normal for a lot of people. But what I can do, at least, is say, okay, now I need to focus on doing something for four or five hours. This happens sometimes. I need to build a slide deck. I need mm. to prepare a project or something like this and it is even in the office it's very hard for me to shut off and and say okay even if i put my headphones in even if i say i'm in the i'm going on the last desk like it's going to be very hard for me to actually do the thing so i can just go home uh, do the thing for four hours come back in the afternoon right and this is what i did actually the last two days or actually two days for this week now here's what i want to get with right not everyone obviously has that luck that they can live that close to the office I think the future that is actually going to be good for both companies and the people is where you just use a sensible approach. And I know I use the word "just" there as if it was that easy, but you sort of start understanding and developing more and more the strength of both approaches, and understanding. Okay, hey, look, it's not about like I get the I get the argument of not trusting people, right? Okay, you have to trust your people, otherwise, who are you hiring? Yeah, I, I'm totally with that. But I also know what I need as a company and just the view alone from those people on LinkedIn posting that you're wrong if you think it doesn't work, a lot of times those are people just looking and judging at it from their own view, right? They say, yeah, but I'm a 45-year-old stay-at-home dad with, with two kids and it's been working great for me and my life is so much better. I was like, yeah, that's you, right? What about the company? Is the company making more money because of it? And, and even the best company in the world, at the end of the day, as much as they love you and your kids and, and all that freedom, they still need to make money. So what I'm trying to say here is, the sensible approach is for both employees and companies to come together and find ways to make it work for both, where companies get the strength of the office and the strengths of collaboration the way that they need to actually have the performance that they need. And employees get the strength of the, I would say, freedom and, and and what they need from that. And this can be beautifully done. And I'm actually seeing a lot more movement towards this and a lot more movement away from the extremism. Mm. Unfortunately, as is always the case, the extremists are the ones posting on LinkedIn and getting a 5,000 comments and and, and views. I think the reality doesn't really look like that. And in, no. in real life, people are finding good ways to marry both together and be conscious about work and still produce outcomes.
0: No, and I mean to your point in terms of it works for some and it doesn't work for others. So my wife worked for a fully remote company for a year or so, and she just simply didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry. It's kind of uh, you sit there in this room, you feel extremely. I, I mean, she's talking to people all day long, right? Kind of, she's you know, chief of staff, kind of revenue operations. She's been talking to people all day long, back to back to back, but you feel isolated and you feel almost lonely. And then on top of that, because this was then starting to be a thing and they realized, hey, the communication, the management team isn't good enough. So we need to kind of spend more time together, which then resulted in every month they did a trip as a management team somewhere that was like three or four days traveling. And (laughs) it's like, is it? can you still call it remote?
1: (laughs) If that's Mm -hmm. kind of the, the,
0: you know, how you would then want to operate. And I think there's so many organizations struggling with that, but it's such a great thing to kind of say out loud. And I think many, many people themselves, you know, number one, don't like it. Uh, I think they like the idea. I think it sells extremely well, but living in it and, you know, doing it when it's not required, when it's not a societal thing that's required from you, where it was with COVID, right? Everyone was like, fuck the world is going to end i think i think i'm okay here but you know now that that is over i think a lot of people are also like you know what i actually don't like it i don't i don't like sitting alone in my room all day long i don't i want to go to an office i want to you know i want to touch people and i i totally i totally get that so i think some of these things can be also achieved in different ways i mean you can have a maybe a hub kind of approach instead of having like one HQ where everyone sits you can have multiple hubs in different cities and so forth and I think for sales reps to get the sales, I don't want to say boiler room, but the sales room feeling, I mm. think it starts with four or five people in the same room or in the same area or something like this. And it doesn't need to be all STRs. It could be two STRs, one or two AEs, maybe a CSM support person or something. But some people that kind of sharing the same thing and you're not alone and you have someone to kind of chat with. I think that already there goes a really long way, right? Um, yeah. And there are options in terms of, you know, office setups to achieve that, right? So we work or, you know, the version's off. You just have a little bit of a pop-up office. Uh, you say, hey, everyone can be here all the time if they want to, but at least on Tuesday through Thursday, we're kind of agreeing that we're going to be here. Monday and Friday are kind of the the super flex days, right? And it's, I think there are ways to ad- Achieve both worlds. I've given up on this 100% super remote. I think if there's one caveat, if there's one caveat, it's like, if you started as a remote company from day one, and if you built your whole culture around remote, if everything is remote, if you only hired people that are uh, experienced in remote, and if, you know, the way of working asynchronous and Slack, and everyone is documenting a lot and, you know, writing a lot of stuff that people can you know, maybe then it can work. But going to a company that has been uh, successful pre-corona and then expecting them to like, hey, just flip a switch and now become a different culture tomorrow, which is remote first, I think that's pretty silly to expect and it's probably not going to happen. And I think that backlash is now starting to kind of pour in and people have been changing their minds on this. If there's one annoying thing, is all of those militants on Twitter or X and on LinkedIn? And I stopped doing this, by the way. But if you just gently push back, you get a whole mob of people, you know, shooting you down. It's like, ah, oh, you're such a terrible CEO. You know, why would anyone work for you? You're gonna fail. I mean, that might be true for so many other reasons, by the way, but not on this, not on this remote topic, you know. So I think that's actually pretty annoying. Kind of, you're almost disallowed from having a good conversation around this. And I think this is generally speaking a problem.
1: That's why we wanted to have this topic today. It's the trauma of dealing with the internet yeah. LinkedIn mob. Yeah, I'm working. Yeah, yeah, I'm working
0: that. through it. I'm working through it. You I, know, I this is that. this is audio only, but I'm actually crying right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually, that, that's sort of a mission we can achieve. Like one of us breaks down and cries. Let's see who does it first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just one more dimension to it, and then then maybe we can sort of wrap this up as well. We didn't talk so much about the customer facing side, mm. um, and I think this is sort of another. Mixed between scam and, and scheme, but I think a lot of scam in there as well. So what's obviously good is just having more channels to reach people uh, based on the strength of, of, of those channels. What I think is an absolute scam is is really pushing these on top of all the customers. And unfortunately, this is an area where there has been a lot of, and I'm quoting, I'm doing parentheses motion right now, research done. And I've seen all these numbers like, oh yeah, um, 83% of buyers would like to not interact with a salesperson. Uh, and if so, they would like to do so uh, online. 95% of buyers don't need to see a, a face to, to, to buy something, whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say maybe, maybe if those studies are even accurate. What they do and what they end up buying, like, that's a it's a very classic example of people don't really say what they do, mm. and even if that's the case, the question is, what does your company need? So, like, you don't have to reach 85% of a market, like, if you reach a couple percent, you're already a great company, so this is sort of an argument people are throwing around a lot. Uh, buyer behavior has changed. People want to do this, now we want to do that. And like, yeah, okay, but maybe those are not my customers, right? And that's, it seems like a very simplified point, but that really is the point at the end of the day. It's not that relevant what 85% of the market are maybe saying according to a study. What's relevant is which channels are converting well for you. And you but, can measure that. But your and point, which channels have which strength.
0: Sorry, your point is basically, hey, because buyer behavior has changed, Therefore, you actually don't need salespeople and therefore the whole salespeople hybrid work question is kind of uh, kind of a moot point. Is that almost the point?
1: No, no. The point is, no, no, not at all. The point is, if you look at those numbers and this buyer behavior has changed narrative, which is being thrown around a little bit, then we need very few salespeople. And if so, they should never really touch a customer or yeah. look them in the eyes and just do everything pre-recorded and put it in a nice library on Seismic and then Make sure that the customers have access to it and yet they're back and call at every moment and the customer is is a king, right? That is not how sales works. Because again, if you ask the buyers how do you want to buy, it, the buyers are gonna say all the stuff that is buyer centric, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at how companies actually grow and make money, they sell by having control over their funnel um to as much an extent as they can. If
0: you so and this is my opinion, if you really want to break down sales, it's really a change management process. That's actually what mm-hmm. sales is about. And and yes, it comes with, you know, being persuasive and all of these tactics. But really what sales is achieving is a change management in the customer's organization. And guess what? You know, not doing change management is going to not selling. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you need someone or something that does that change management for you. Um, and uh, if it's not a salesperson, I'm not sure what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. Let's wrap it at that. I think this is uh, a topic that could be explored definitely a lot more, like the sort of what is happening today with buyers and sellers. Tony, let's let's give us a quick rundown.
0: So we talked about hybrid work in sales. Is that a scam or is it a scheme? Both of us are leaning very much on the scam side. And really, yes, it's been started around COVID. It worked a little bit there, so this is where this possibility really opened up. But there are a couple of reasons. You know, the energy in the room just the logistics of having the equipment and the internet connection and so forth then there are you know things that have to do with learning so junior reps being maybe more affected than others and then there are things around you know way of working where if you need to collaborate if you need to interact in office simply is much better than doing it remotely right yes some of that stuff can work and in many cases it does work a little bit but is it the most optimal? Raul and I are saying, no, it's not the most optimal. Try and get those people back to the office. And if you are fully distributed already, there are other ways. They're kind of a hub kind of system that you can maybe use in order to get similar effects while still having a distributed workforce. Thank you so much, Raul, for today. And thank you, everyone else, for listening.